Hi, Donnersat listeners, Ian here. Before we get to our interview with Essendon's number one Swedish fan, just want to give a call out to anyone who would like to share their Essendon stories. We've enjoyed the episodes we've done in this series so far and would like to do more. If you're keen yourself or want to recommend someone you think will be interesting, please DM myself or Jono on Twitter or email us at donnerstat at gmail.com. I'll have links to our profiles and email in the description of this episode. Anyway, without further ado, my interview with Tobias Johansson. Hello everyone, welcome to the third of our bonus episodes talking to Essendon fans about their experience and stories. The aim of these episodes is to hear from the people that make the wider Essendon family a great community to be part of. Tonight's guest has to overcome the tyranny of distance in order to support the Bombers. A move to Melbourne from his native Sweden brought him into contact with the Dons and created a passion that's now lasted for over a decade. Toby, welcome to Don the Sat. Thank you for having me. That's all right. So I've noticed over the past few weeks that we've been getting some listens from Sweden, and I'm glad to see it's from a real person, not someone on a on a VPN. Uh, thanks, thanks for listening, and thanks for reaching out to share your story. No worries. I'm very much real listening to pretty much every SNN podcast I can find. Yeah, I imagine you know you don't you don't have the TV or the 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 rest of the media that we get. So you know anything you can get your hands on, you know, becomes really important. Yeah. But I have to, I have to say that Foxtel does it nicely. I, uh, I pay for Watch AFL, which is for for people abroad, and I do get some of the shows like AFL 360. I watch that every week, and and some of the other Foxtel stuff on there. But but I don't, um, yeah, I can't get enough of it. That's that's great to hear. That's the same same as a lot of us. So yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess just, just start off giving us a bit of background about yourself. Uh, what part of Sweden are you from? What, what do you do? Uh, what were your sporting interests growing up, I guess, before you came to Australia? Yeah. Uh, so Tobias Johansson is my name. I'm 33 and born and raised in Sweden. Uh, I live these days, I live in sort of, sort of the Southern, Southern Northern parts in mid Sweden, the kind of place where we get a meter of snow during the winter. Um, 50,000 people in my home city and uh, so we, we have um, we have going through summer right now although the weather is pretty shit <laughs> but um, yeah and sports for me before Australia I've, I've been an avid golfer I've played a lot of golf um, and also soccer or football as we call it but uh, those two sports have sort of become background sports for me ever since since moving to Australia and then getting back home to Sweden. Great. So what, what brought you to Melbourne? So it was, a, it was the start of the 2010s, wasn't it, from what you've told me? Yeah, moved to, moved to Melbourne in 2011 because uh, my former girlfriend, she's Australian. Uh, so I moved to Beaconsfield just to pretty much live and work. Um, and soon after coming to Melbourne, realising this was in 2011, realising that the AFL is religion uh, over in Melbourne and... Uh, Basically, what happened was that she she gave me the names of four different teams that people in the family supported. Uh, she and her mom, the Richmond supporters. Um, there was a few Collingwood supporters, St Kilda, and then Essendon. So to start with, I pretty much just picked the team. Essendon Bombers is what I said back then, and uh, started joking around with it until I actually actually started watching and finding out that it's it's a pretty damn good sport. That's great. Well, it's it's interesting because uh, the year you came, Collingwood was the was the was the reigning premiers, and then St Kilda was the runner up side. And Essendon was sort of had a bad bad year, and actually sacked the coach 
the year before, <laughs> the year before. So you've, you know, you haven't, you yeah. haven't exactly just jumped on the winning side. So good, no, good no, on, no, no. good on you for that. I, I also have obviously it's a former partner, but my current partner is a Richmond fan. So the last few years have been a bit yeah. tough for me seeing yeah. them, seeing yeah. their success. And then, uh, you know, us not going so well, but I guess, so you obviously, as you said, you sort of did a bit of a joke. Can you remember the, the first moment that you, that you saw the bombers and what that, you know, what, what sort of, what sort of reaction did you have to seeing, I guess, seeing the sport for a first for the first time? Well, one thing that struck me immediately was the intensity of the sport and all the tackles and sort of the, the mindset of all the players um, and that's still one of the things that attracts me to AFL is the fact that everyone goes hard at the ball. You want to stay on your feet and you want to you want to carry the tackle. Whereas in, in our football over here, you sort of you sort of try to fall as quickly as you can to get a free kick. Uh, the mindset of Australian footballers is, is the opposite most of the time, except for Jack Ginevan. <laughs> don't, don't, don't get me started. <laughs> uh, but but so. The first game I ever went to was at Marvel. Well, it was Eddie had back then. Um, Bombers played Port Adelaide. And I, if I remember it correctly, they won with around 40 points, somewhere around that. But one one moment early on that really still to this day stands out for me is this is back in 2012, Essendon playing Sydney. We're down by about 50 points. Uh, then we start to climb back and it all culminates with, with Courtney Dempsey getting a mark outside 50 and then plays on as the siren goes. And that's sort of, that's one of the moments that I really remember. I was so fired up watching the game and we didn't really make it, but it was such, such a fight back. And, and that one really stands out to this day. Yeah, I, I, that memory sticks with me too because not necessarily because I watched it. So I'd gone to uh, Christchurch uh, over the weekend of that game and yeah. I, I, was, I turned off at the point because it was obviously like uh, New Zealand time was later. So I turned off at the point when we got 50 points down and then I woke up in the morning and said, you know, we know you just lost. So I had to, I had to yeah. watch how we, we came back and, you know, you know I think, I think with the, Dem- the Dempsey play on, he was sort of 55, 60 out. So if he'd gone back and, yeah. and had a kick, you know, it was – you know, a below average chance of him getting it anyway, but you, you have, you have that, you have that moment where you want to believe that he would have been able to do it. Yeah. yeah. So I guess, yeah. So, you know, so it's a bit, I guess it's a bit different because so for, for people like me, you know, you grow up watch, watching something and it becomes part of who you are, but it sounds like, you know, over, over the course of at least a year, it, it's something that really, really struck you as, you know, something, something worth, worth following. Was there any particular, any particular players or, um, that stood out to you that you, you really enjoyed watching? I, the first, the first player that I really liked or enjoyed was Leroy Jetta. Uh, I can't remember how long he played for, but, but I've, uh, I sort of, he was, he was one. And then small forwards in general, I always find them very exhilarating. My uh, Anthony McDonald Tipping Woody is now retired, but uh, but these days I tend to after after having Joe Danaher in the team with his wayward kicking for a while, I sort of I sort of enjoy watching the players who kick straight the most. Some pe- people who are good by foot, I, I really enjoy. Like Peter Wright, I I love him because he gives me the feeling, and probably probably a lot of other fans as well, the feeling of. When he gets the mark, he's a good chance to kick it, and that's a good feeling. When we had Joe up forward, it was you never knew what we were going to get, 
And I hated that feeling, even though he, him at his best was an exceptional player and still is. Um, but so straight kickers and small forwards, I've, I've really enjoyed over the years. Well, we've got a couple of the straight kickers at the moment. Unfortunately, we yep. don't really have the the small forwards, you know, with, with no. Tipper retiring. You know, I think that's, we. I talked about in the last uh, one of these, you know, just how, how big a, bigger impact he's had just, just generally and his yeah. story, yeah. Uh, you know, and we've obviously really missed him this year in terms of, I think probably you could argue that the biggest weakness of Essendon this year has been the lack yeah. of that, that small forward yeah. to, to crumb the pack and the like, I guess. So also around that time. So obviously I think as you, as you told me in the email, you, you sort of were there in Melbourne till about 2013. And so you were there, you were also there for the, for the saga. And so you've, you've been part of, you know, you've basically been a fan, of, I would, you know, argue for, you know, about a year and then the team yeah. gets gets hit by that. What what was your reaction to, to that? Because it was obviously it was such a big thing for the AFL in general, but Essendon fans yeah. in particular. How did, how did you just, see it? I just, I just felt for the players, to be honest. And it sort of, it didn't, it didn't make me less of a supporter because I you, I get I got the sense fairly fairly early on in that whole saga that you you're not going to get thirty plus players all in on it together doing the wrong thing. Obviously, something's been happening and something it's gone the wrong way. But I just felt for the players and 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 then to see how how Joe Watson stood up in that moment. I remember the 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 game they played. I think it was against Fremantle over in Perth when he got booed and almost cried after the game. That just made my support for the group stronger. Um, and and I I'm, I think that some of the players they they've scarred for life from that experience. But but it was just horrible the whole thing. And um, and then you can get into all the details about what was proven and what wasn't. And that's part of the of the history now for me. I just think that we as a club, we're still affected by it. It wasn't that long ago that Kevishida brought it up again. And I just think that it's something that we, we all need to move on from, regardless of what was wrong and what was right at the time. It Shit happened and, and we had to face the tunes of it. And and. I think I think we'll just got to keep on building back again. But um, I was pretty devastated because if I remember it correctly, that thing happened. I, I think I might have been on the on the way back home to Sweden at that point. So just getting home to Sweden, but but it changed nothing for me as a supporter in the end. Yeah, I think you know, I think there was talk at the time that a lot of people would, would turn off the the bombers and you know that there was a chance that they could fold. But I think one of the great things about the club is that they've shown a lot of resilience, particularly the fans of, you know, they've put up with a lot, you know, you get, you get other fans of other clubs, you know, they, they get stuck into you about it. And I think the the support has has maintained a really, really high level. And I think part, part of it is, is that idea that, you know, as you, as you brought up, you can't imagine, you know, 30 players agreeing to doing something like that in the sense that they potentially, you know, they were, they were wronged in some way by uh, whichever force um, did, Put put in place that program. So, yeah. yeah so I mean, yeah, so you know, you how many how many games do you reckon you got? Did you get to many games live while you were in Melbourne, or was it mainly watching oh, on TV? See, my dad came to visit. He was in Melbourne for three weeks, and I reckon we saw three games while, while he was there. Uh, so I probably I've probably been to ten games. I went to a Dreamtime game. Um, didn't get tickets for the ans any Anzac Day game, but yeah, I, I reckon around ten games and. Um, but then, um, 
uh, watching every every other game on the telly ever since. Um, I try to get. Uh, I'm watching. I'm watching other games as well if I have the time. I've got two kids now, so so they take a lot of my time. But if I if I get the chance, I watch as many games as possible during the weekend. So, yeah. do you, do you, is there much difference in the way that the fandoms are in terms of Australian fans for for AFL compared to? you know, the Swedish or European fans for, for their sports, you know, as much in the, in the way they, their difference in their support. One thing that struck me with AFL is the fact that, that you, well, if you, if you use Melbourne for an, for example, and, uh, and the, the support of AFL in Melbourne, you, it struck me that everyone's got a team sort of everyone's following it. It doesn't matter if you're an 85 year old woman or a man, if you're a kid, kid, if you're a boy or a girl, everyone's got a team and everyone's mixed together mostly except for the cheer squads in the, at the games. And, and it's just, it's a lot of banter and that's fun. Uh, less fighting, which is good <laughs> if you compare to, to uh, soccer over in Europe. Um, but I, w- I would say that, that if you watch Swedish soccer, for instance, uh, the typical supporter would be a male in his forties. Whereas in, in Australian rules football, I can't say the same because everyone's got a team um, and everyone supports. Yeah, I think that's one of the really good things about AFL is they've done a really good job in engaging, you know, other, yeah. uh, you know, female fans, but also uh, people of different cultural backgrounds and yeah. and the like, and you know, really open open to that. Obviously, that hasn't always been the case, and there's been incidents in the, in the past there. But yeah, as, as you sort of say, it's it's it's, it's something that people can get it, get along with. And you, you hear stories about, you know, how people got, got felt, felt part of the Australian community by, you know, picking a team. And then once, once you're there supporting it, you know, you've got a, you know, you've got 50,000 friends there who want to, yeah. you know, have got the same goal as you do. So I guess yeah. when, when you move, when you move back, was there any, you know, did there any point where you were like, you know, this is too hard to follow or was it just, you, you loved it so much. You were just like, all right, how do I, how do I go about watching it? Now, I would say that the only the only hard part about following Essendon from Sweden is the time difference. Uh, usually, usually in the um, in the early parts of the season, um, the time difference sometimes is ten hours, which means that if Essendon is playing at one o'clock in the afternoon, <laughs> you have to reverse the clock 10, 10 hours to get to my time, but I still get up to watch it. The earliest games. Um, at this time of the year is five o'clock in the morning, which is fine for me. Uh, get up, have a cup of coffee. The family is sleeping. The hard part is getting someone else involved. Um, on Sunday, for instance, one of my neighbors is coming over to watch the Gold Coast game uh, with me. And it's at 8.40 in the morning, which is a fairly good time um, for us. But that, that would be the only thing. It's hard because I show AFL to everyone I know or get to know over here. And people seem to think that it's, it, it looks exciting. But then to follow through and actually watch a game, it's hard to get people to come over at six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> so that, okay. that's the only hard part. Uh, but but um, like I said before, with a watch AFL, um, I, I get to see see every game and I can I can play them back uh, whenever I need to. So it's it's a really good system for that. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Is it when when you've got someone new watching it? Do you, is it easy for do you think it's easy for them to pick it up, or do you have to do a, are they always like what's that? Why did the whistle blow there? Is it, is it confusing for them to follow or do they sort of get the gist of it pretty easily? No, I, I usually say to people that just to to sort of half appreciate a game, you don't need to know that many things. You need to know what a mark is. You need to know when there is a goal or what a tackle is. Then you have all the, the details of pushing the back and, and whatnot. But, but to follow a game, 
the people I've showed it to seem to pick it up fairly fairly quickly and and they they all sort of say the same thing that that there's so many different things in a game of footy that makes you want to want to that makes you excited because it's a good tackle it's a good goal it's a high mark it's a chase down it's there's so many different moments in a game compared to the sports that we're used to they them they gives you gives you a reason to to cheer yeah i mean it's 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 a game of highlights i mean you know i don't know whether you know, some, sometimes something happens that's that's so that's so big that it, it gets it becomes viral and it, and it appears on you know other TV stations around the world just because it's so spectacular. It doesn't always happen yeah. with other sports. Have, they, have you think you've converted anyone to an AFL fan, or you think it's still a work in progress? Uh, my dad, he's 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 a fan, although he lives he lives a twelve hour drive away from me. But whenever Essendon's playing, he always keeps track of the score, mainly to to know which mood I will be in after the game. <laughs> <laughs> but now nah, he he's always asking my my partner. She's she's getting she's getting involved. It's, yeah. it's a slow it's a slow progress, but but she's she's quite interested. Um, other than that, I'm still working on it. I'm still yeah. working on it. I have a few friends from back home uh, where I, where I was born, and then whenever I go home, they come over and watch a few games with me. But but other than that, I'm, it's quite it's quite a lonely it's quite a lonely sport yeah. <laughs> to, to have. Well, as as you uh, said, you've got earlier, you've got you've got two kids, so I think the the best way to to get someone to watch it with you is to sort of indoctrinate your kids into yeah. watch. It. Are they old enough to to appreciate it yet, or are they? Uh, the oldest one is two and a half. The other one is uh, three months old. So, okay. <laughs> so they still got a bit left. But uh, I've said to my partner that we are going to Australia at some point. Um, the, the hard thing with the travel to Australia is that if we spend four weeks in, in Australia, I would want to spend four weeks in Melbourne to watch the Bombers, whereas yeah. my family probably would want to move around a bit. You see different things. Uh, well, you, send, you just send them on their way and, you, you know, yeah, well, you, yeah. you know, you send them, you, you go for a bit of a trip and then you fly back into yeah. Melbourne. Take a ride to Cairns and I'll pick you up on the way home. That's it. <laughs> yeah, well, I've got I've got a two and a half year old myself, but unfortunately, my partner claimed uh, claimed him as the uh, as a Richmond supporter. So, luck, luckily, I've got another one coming in a month. So, I've been promised that one as an Essendon supporter. So, I'll at least yeah. have I'll at least have one to go with. <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't so. Have to about that. <laughs> so, I guess you know. Do you have any? I guess how much how much are you aware of the, of the history of the of the Dons? Have you have you gone back and looked into what? what came before the time you looked into it? Is there anyone that stands yep. out from that period? Uh, I, I actually, when I was, when I lived in Melbourne, I, I did watch the 84 and 85 grand final. Was, are those the years? Yeah, the, they're the years. Yeah. Yeah. I watched them. Um, obviously 2093 baby bombers. I, I know, I know I would like to say that I know a fair bit of the history and, and what makes it a great club and, and back in the, back to the Coleman era and, and whatnot. Um, but one thing that I, 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 it's it's obvious to me that that for you guys being Australians, following take someone like Tom, um, like Hurdy, for example, yeah. and what he means to a lot of Essendon people. Whereas I didn't see him play, uh, and and today you have the the debate: should Hurdy come back to the club or should he stay away from the club? I tend to think that we discussed the saga before. I tend to think with someone like Hurdy, what's done is done. It's unfortunate. I just think that we need to move past it. And I probably think that he shouldn't come back to the club because that would just keep opening the wounds that have, that have been through the years now. But, mm. but I am, 
yeah, going back to your original question, I, I, I do, I do know a little bit about the past. I've been looking into those things, and 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 it's hard to, it's hard to not come into contact when you have all the social media pages. Everyone's referring to the old days in some way yeah. in their own experience. So I pick up on those things as well throughout the years. Yeah, and there was a, I don't know if you, you said you have access to some of the Foxtel shows. I don't know if they had the there was an Essendon documentary that came yeah. out at the end of the last. Did you see? I guessing yeah, did you see that? Yep. All right. Yeah. So yeah, that gives you that gives you the cliff notes version of yeah. all the all the key things. So that's you yeah. know, I think that's that's a good starting point, I think, there. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So I guess look, regard regarding the current the current side or, you know, passings, do you have any unpopular Essendon opinions? That that hurt opinion about him not coming back to the club, maybe counted yeah. by some as an unpopular opinion, but is that there anything else? Done, yeah. yeah, is there anything else that, <laughs> that sticks out, you know, that you go against the grain of what people are saying? I'm not too sure. I one player I never really rated is Aaron Francis. I just he he has he he's always had the potential. His best games have been amazing, but there are too few of them. So he's been he's been one player that throughout the years that, that he's been at the club, people have been talking about is moving back to South Australia and whatnot. And I've always felt that if he wants to go, let him go. I don't think uh, I've never been been especially happy when I've seen him in the team because I think there's too many bad games before the good ones. Uh, but I, I have I have had a feeling that a lot of people want to keep playing him on this potential that he's had. I think he's been giving a fair few been given a fair few chances to show his potential, but but I've never really rated him. Yeah, I, I this this topic came up in the in the last bonus episode we did, and I I'm still a Francis Francis faithful. You know, I, I I see the good things, and I, I probably have a bit of rose colored glasses when it comes to him. And I guess there's a bit of a sunk cost fallacy when you have a high draft pick and, you know, yeah. you, you want them to, you want them to succeed yeah. and the like, but, you know, I think it's, it's probably getting closer to that time when the decision is going to have to be made. And I, I expect that it'll lean to him looking for other, other opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I get, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll end on a question about the future. So you, you said, you sound like you're as in connected in, sorry, you sound like you're as, uh, in tune with what's happening um, and how the how the team's going as, as anyone uh, in Australia, what are your what are your thoughts about where the club is heading? Are you positive or negative going forward? I'm I'm positive, hundred percent positive. But there's for me there's one <clears throat> there's one big worry at the moment or or from this year, and it goes back to last year when Ben Rutten in pretty much every press conference he held, he was talking about being a blue collar football team. And this season, up until a month ago, we were everything but blue collar. And is that possible disconnect, is, it, that is a bit worrying because if he has a sole mission to bring us to a blue collar team and we can't, we can't bring the effort a year later, that, that's a bit worrying for me. And, it, and, and, and um, yeah, that's my only worry. Other than that, I mean, talent-wise, I reckon Nick Cox and Zach Reed and Archie Perkins and all those guys, they're going to be beautiful. They are beautiful football players and they're going to get even better. Uh, the the mid-season rookie draft, the Ambrosio is very exciting by foot, <laughs> straight <laughs> kickers. Uh, but now nah, I'm very excited about the fu- uh, future. Um, but I, I also tend at the moment to wonder what the club is actually thinking about Alistair Clarkson. Because uh, he's, when it comes to culture, uh, I think that you, we need someone to, to, to push us further in the right direction when it comes to culture and just working hard on what that actually means. Um, I think there's a disconnect, has been a disconnect with Rutten and the team on that point uh, in that regard. But yeah, I'm positive. 
Yeah. I guess we'll find out at the start of next season if this is sort of a false dawn or whether this is, you know, a sign of improvement. I think given given what's been spoken about in the media the last uh, last few weeks, I think, yeah, the start of next season is a really, really important for Rutten yeah. and the side and, and where they go from there. Well, Toby, I want to thank you for, for spending time with me tonight and uh, recording this. I've really enjoyed uh, hearing your story and, and, you know, how you became a Bombers fan. It's really different to how a lot of a uh, lot of the listeners will will have come to it, but you yeah. know, just just hearing from you, I, I've re- as I said, I've really enjoyed your your points of view and and what you've offered. So, uh, any any final thoughts or um, anywhere people can follow you or anything like that? Uh, I, I'm not. I don't have really have uh, a follow footy on social media. I don't really have a, a lot. Uh, I just use Twitter to read and stuff. So, but I'll I'll pop my name up in the in the in your Twitter feed whenever <laughs> I get a chance. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, I, I do feel that my story is a bit different and uh, I'm, I'm happy for people to know that Essendon has support everywhere in the world and then I'm cheering on from Sweden massively. So, Well, that's it. Well, look, we, we should hook you up with the club and that you can be the uh, membership mascot for Sweden and try and get the numbers I'd up there. Happy. I'd be happy to. <laughs> awesome. Well, th- thanks heaps to Bo- Toby and uh, thanks for all the listeners. Go Dons.